baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Welcome back. Our number two of Hardline here on News Radio 930. WBEN, Joe Beamer, Brenda Alacy, and Michael Caputo sticking around for the second hour. Now we will get to NY27 and your calls at 803-0930 starting in the next segment. But of course, we still have a few more questions for Michael Caputo. And Michael, uh, you were the only American to work for both the White House and the Kremlin, mm-hmm. so you bring a unique perspective, to say the least. To... That used to be a, a talking point. Not such a good one anymore. No, no not so much. <laughs> How long did you work in the Kremlin? I worked for the Kremlin one way, shape, or form from 94 to 2000. And this was long before things were as open, right? Well, no, it was during, was it... as it opened, and before Putin. So things, uh, by you know, five years into the Putin presidency, things started shutting down again. Wow. What a yeah, difference. I left when Putin came in. Did you have any dealings with him? Oh, yeah, I did. He came to my house for a reception once. I didn't know he was there. Did he have a shirt on? He did. <laughs> I didn't know he was there, but I saw the photos after the reception. I had had a reception for a client who became like the Mitch McConnell of, the, of uh, Russia. And uh, uh, and and he was there. I didn't know, but the photos later showed him sitting, leaning against the the wall with a glass of clear liquid, and it was kind of creepy. But I had, I had met him once before, shared a dais with him in St. Petersburg when he was deputy mayor. I've known him for a while. We are not. He, he's not a fan. <laughs> Mine. Wow, just a, such an interesting life you've led. Uh, no matter what it's your politics curse, are, you know. yeah, it, it must feel it, that it's way. It's a Chinese at times, curse. Right? May you live in interesting times. Yes, indeed. Now we were talking about uh, Marie Yovanovitch, who's been in the news a lot lately, and there's a question that came in on the Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board for you. Do you think President Trump really used the words "take her out" regarding the former Ukrainian ambassador? Um, I believe it's possible. I, I, I think. You know, uh, calling that uh, a mafiosi-type hit order is fraught with uh, hand-wringing and liberal angst. Um, If you know anything about somebody from Queens, uh, you understand what take-her-out means. I I don't know if it's a fact that he used it, but if take-her-out means fire her, means take her out of that position. And if you think otherwise, you live in a fantasy world. We're talking about uh, Michael's book and uh, movie as well. As we mentioned, the book will be available on March 1st on Amazon. And, Michael, one of the things I want to ask you about, too, is the Ukrainian interference in our election. Uh, how true was it in your in your view? Um, I, I saw some of this when, during the election. I, I saw it. I, I knew I wanted to write about it. I knew I wanted to do a film about it. Um, it's, it's very real. Uh, to say that you, Russia... Or Ukraine interfered in our elections shows that you don't understand the English language or real politique. Russia and Ukraine interfered in our elections. Russia in a different way than Ukraine. Russia was doing it in a cyber way, right? Ukraine was doing it by 
actually giving opposition research to the Clinton campaign through a woman named Alexandra Chalupa, who is actually working directly with the embassy of Ukraine in Washington. This is not this is not up for debate. The 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 woman who did it bragged about it in in the in the press in in January of 2017 the embassy acknowledged it uh, the question is whether or not then president petro poroshenko had ordered it and i think you can con- conclusively prove that he did they also presented at some point a black ledger uh, that contained uh, uh, a purported uh, payments to paul manafort they put that out there at a time uh, in August, late in the campaign, and they took out Paul Manafort. It's now been proven that this uh, this uh, black ledger is highly questionable. The person who did it was one of the most loyal members of parliament to Petro Poroshenko, and it looks to be like organizations that were set up and funded by the U.S. Embassy were coordinating all of the activity. So their 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 interference in our election was profound, very provable, and if we don't investigate this and the biden hoax the biden's you know scam then our country will prove to be more corrupt than ukraine because ukraine wants to investigate it and here's what most people don't know the u.s embassy in kiev right now is telling the new president of ukraine don't you dare investigate hunter biden and the interference in the u.s elections don't you dare and they're doing that against the president's wishes let me ask you this. So obviously Ukraine's interference, they had a candidate or a party they wanted to win. What would they gain out of a President Clinton compared to a President Trump? Well, it's uh, it was great. In my film, I have a, there is a, a tape, a, a, a surreptitious tape of the head of an organization, uh, uh, an anti-corruption organization set up by George Soros and the U.S. Embassy there called Naboo. And he said, I helped Hillary, which he did by creating this ledger, because Hillary is good for the world and for Ukraine, and Donald Trump is just good for America. Um, and that's the bottom line. Hillary Clinton had already delivered billions and billions of dollars in aid to Ukraine. In return, the Clinton Foundation, uh, Ukraine became the largest donor, uh, national donor to the Clinton Foundation. Practically the same day. Money comes in, money goes out, right? This has been going on for a while, this grift, right? And from my perspective, um, uh, the Ukrainian government wanted it to continue. So when you talk about how Clinton benefited from Ukrainian interference in 2016, that's exactly what you're referring to. Exactly. I I, I believe that the Black Ledger was falsified in order to get rid of Paul Manafort. They thought that would decapitate the Trump campaign. But for some reason, Donald Trump kept moving forward, and he ended up winning against all odds. When you take out the campaign chairman, you decapitate it. You can it can drive it. You can drive it right into the ground. They failed to do it faster than that drone. Yeah, faster <laughs> than the drone. And and, and this uh, so the black ledger was created to take out Manafort. It failed to stop Trump. The 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 the, the dossier, the Hillary Clinton Fusion GPS dossier, was aided by Ukraine, and uh, that continues to affect Trump today. All right, more with Michael and with you. If you're on hold, we will get to you in the next segment, 803-0930. If you'd like to be put in the queue, it's Hardline here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Welcome back. It's Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. Joe Beamer, Brenda Alacy, Michael Caputo joining us this hour. 
And the questions continue. Brenda. You know, Michael, there was a lot of talk over the weekend about Mary Louise Kelly, who's a reporter with NPR, having a confrontation with Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. And she claimed there was an off-the-record conversation that happened. He said it wasn't off the record uh no other way other way around he said it was off the record she said excuse me he said right Right. exactly and and she said that she would have never gone into the back room with him if it was off the record what's your view of what happened there i i i think that mary louise kelly would go off the record in any room anywhere um because that's what reporters do i know mary louise kelly i don't know her well I, i know mike pompeo i don't know him well but he is the secretary of state of the united states of america Mary Louise Kelly is a reporter at the National Public Radio. Uh, who, they have a very decided bent in their in their news. It's very liberal. I, I listen to NPR. I like there are people at NPR. I used to be madly in love with Cokie Roberts. I mean, <laughs> NPR, I have friends there. But Mike Pompeo is not known to be a prevaricator. He's not somebody who is accused of lying all the time. Mike Pompeo says they had an off-the-record uh, uh, conversation. I talked to somebody in the room who told me they had an off-the-record guarantee. She broke that off-the-record guarantee. This is, this happens when a reporter breaks our, our agreement to off-the-record. I never speak to them again. I call their editor, their publisher, their producer. It's a cardinal sin. It is. It's a cardinal sin. I believe she broke, the, uh, she broke an agreement. And, uh, you know, it's gonna, we're in a balkanized country. You know, well, no the question. people who love Trump are going to believe Pompeo. Right. Pons who hate him are going to believe her. Just to that point, though, Michael, do you think he actually asked her to point out Ukraine on a map no and doubt. said it was Bangladesh? No uh, doubt. Pretty no doubt. Two different continents here. Well, uh, it, it is, but on, honestly, uh, an unlabeled map is a challenge to every American. But don't you think he was just trying to humiliate her at yes, this point? Yes, of course, because she had already worked hard in, he, in his mind to humiliate him. Michael, with the impeachment trial going on, you now have the Trump campaign, or not the Trump campaign, I'm sorry, the Trump attorneys giving their case where do you think this is going? Mitt Romney, we now see, is going to probably vote for witnesses. Do you see witnesses being brought into this trial? I don't. I talked to somebody from the uh, impeachment team who told me it'll be over Wednesday. Uh, I don't expect it. Um, uh, I would love it. Now, I, I, I mean, I want Joe Biden as a witness. I want Hunter Biden as a witness just to watch him twitch. You know, I, I, I want that. I, I, I dream of this, but what I really want is Hunter Biden's business partner, Devin Archer, the one who was also on the Burisma board, who also made millions of dollars, who is not a part of a Northeastern elite family, even though he's tried to all his life. Devin Archer is really mad at Hunter Biden right now, and he's sweating so hard. If Devin Archer is brought before investigators in any, whether it's Senate or FBI or the DOJ, um, he will sing like a canary. Devin and, Archer is the one you want as a witness. And Devin Archer, like Hunter Biden, had no experience in that industry, Zero. correct? His only experience is he was connected very closely to Secretary of State John Kerry. 803-0930. Let's go to Rochester and speak with John. John, good morning. Hey, hey, guys. Hey, hey uh, Brenda. Hey, John. Welcome. Mike, uh, I, I'll tell you. This uh, Burisma thing, this Ukraine thing, it looks like the uh, Trump's legal teams got a huge, they're going to have a huge successful case against uh, this uh, impeachment thing. The thing that bothers me is the media 
is down already downplaying it. I was listening to the NPR's coverage yesterday, and they've downplayed it, saying things are false and blah blah blah. And I'll tell you, I talk to a lot of uh, Republicans, Democrats, friends of mine, and uh, they know nothing about some of the corruption that's being investigated by John Durham because the media isn't publicizing it in the you know the mainstream. Uh, my question to you is: Do you think, uh, in, in spite of a, a great defense that Trump's going to get in the next couple of days, do you think the media is going to be fair? No, absolutely not. I don't think the media is going to be fair. Um, we understand, John. All of us do. Uh, Republicans and Democrats. We all understand that the media is completely going awry. Uh, there are, if you can name one reliable journalist, then you know media better than most people do. The media is now completely upside down. They lost their bearings. There is no such thing as uh, 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 a free press that is uh, un unfettered by bias. Our media is completely biased. I, I re I'm reading a great book called Hate Incorporated by Matt Tybee, uh, Matt Tybee from Rolling Stone. And that's a great book to read. You understand that the media, this is designed for ratings, for profits. When they can balkanize, when they can separate off us off into camps uh, and identify that you love Clinton, you love Trump, they can also find products that you'll like. You know, and things they can sell to you. So this is about selling, identifying people's political beliefs, mashing that up against subscription lists, and you know your what you buy on Facebook, and understanding how to sell products to you. This is a profit motive that has eaten up the media completely. Fox, all of them, and the reason why I put my film on OAN, One American News, uh, which is 10 p.m. tonight and next weekend, Saturday and Sunday, 10 p.m is because I believe OAN has a shot at recovering the, the, the honesty and, and, the, and the integrity of the, of the media uh, marketplace, but right now it's fraught with it, just idiocy. Is OAN too niche, do you think? They are, um, uh, but you know, there's a private equity group that's trying to buy it right now. You may see it uh, fueled up. Uh, it's a great, I, I think they're on some cable systems, not on others. It's one of those, that's what happens when you first start a, a station. I've been working with the president of OAN to get this on the air, the, the documentary. Uh, I, I encourage you to read it. I'm sorry, to watch it. Um, it's also for sale at theukrainehoax.com along with the book. Let's continue on the phone line. Go to Juanita in Tonawanda. Juanita, good morning. Hi, good morning. Good morning, Brenda, and good morning, um, Joe. Um, Hello. Hi. I just have um, two comments, and um, one is kind of humorous, and one is a little bit more related. Um, I'm talking in regard to the 27th election, Michael, regarding um, Beth Carlotto and the harsh comments uh, regarding Beth Parlato, regarding Jim Kelly. Do you have any insight on this? I don't. I, I, I got to tell you, uh, Jim and Jill Kelly get to endorse whoever they want. Exactly. Uh, whoever they want. And it doesn't, I'm not saying because he's an icon in Buffalo. You can endorse anyone you want. And the fact that they endorsed an old friend in Beth Parlato and they got beat up for it, to me, is absolutely a, a, a beyond the pale. This shows you again just how balkanized we are here in Buffalo. The one thing we all agree on here is that the Buffalo Bills represents the heart and soul of this region. But when an icon of the Buffalo Bills decides to endorse a family friend, he gets attacked for it, and now he's there. There's this cancel culture. You know, I'm unfollowing you, Jim. I don't get it, but it goes to show you just how messed up we are when even Buffalonians will attack Jim Kelly and 
with Jill Kelly oh, just because they disagree with him. And Juanita, what is your second comment? Um, it, it, this was just a little bit um, humorous. Um, Michael, I hear you when you cover some of the shows, and I miss hearing you on WBN, but you also talk about East Aurora. And I think it's um, very refreshing to hear something, you know, uh, non-political and, you know, that, that, that you're happy with uh, the town. You know, it's interesting. We all love where we're from. I was gone 30 years. I lived all over the world, and and you know, my in my next book is a memoir all over the world, um, and everywhere I went, all I thought about was East Aurora. I sat as a single man. I sat in a in a cafe with a beautiful a Parisian woman in the shadow of the Eiffel Tower, and I sat there talking about East Aurora. And she looked at me and she said, "Michael, you need to go home." <laughs> <laughs> she was right. Yeah, she's right. She was right. By the way, Michael, I had a beer with the mayor of East Aurora on Friday. Ah, great guy. Yeah, great Pete guy. and I had a drink, and he may be on the show in the future. Look forward to it. All right, he, he's we, a ref, he's a refreshing conversation. He's not a typical political hack at all. I used to have season tickets right next to him at the arena. He's a good dude. That's a different discussion. Hey, we have another thirty minutes after the news. If you'd like to call eight zero three zero nine thirty, one line is open right now. It's hard line here on News. Radio 930. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast you'll be glad you did UBEN trying to get some warm feelings out there as it is uh dropping the temperature outside back to winter-like conditions pretty dreary too I had to drive to work in the snow this morning for 10 420 this morning it was snowing in Orchard Park I actually had to wipe my car off before leaving. But you're from Orchard Park. You're from Orchard Park. Didn't they have someone there to wipe your car for you? (laughs) I'm not in that part of Orchard Park. (laughs) Unfortunately, no one was there to uh, get my car ready. Do they do that in East Aurora? No, 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 no. We don't have cars. Ah, I see. It's that horse and buggy thing? (laughs) No, we're we're a one-car family. I walk to my office. You know, I walk back. Uh, we walk into uh, East Aurora. A lot of villages like that in, in, uh, in upstate New Part York. Part of the charm, yeah. right? It is. When East yes. Aurora is on all those Hallmark movies, I notice they walk everywhere. Yeah, right. <laughs> I know. It, it, what's funny is um, you see them being, uh, rec- you know, being uh, filmed, and you know it's coming. You know, oh, it's yeah. a, they call us Hallmark USA, right? <laughs> well, when you go to East Aurora, which now that I live in Orchard Park, I visit more often, obviously. You feel like you're in a Hallmark movie, right. especially when it's set up for Christmas. It is like every town in every Hallmark movie that airs for two months in the Christmas season. But And the great thing is, and I, I wax on about East Aurora a lot, and uh, like when I was writing this book, it's a grind writing a book. And I have an office right behind the wall of the Roycroft campus and in the back of a building, and I go there and write. But sometimes I want to go write, and I go to Cornerstone Coffee, mm-hmm. which is on Elm Street. And I go there, and there's Mason Winfield, who's written eight books, and he's sitting over in a cafe writing. And if you walk around East Aurora, you see artists and and writers just doing their own thing because that village kind of inspires people. Also home of my favorite holiday 5K 
the Caroler 5K, right through the heart of East Aurora, uh, an ending near the new Irishman, where I was... uh, where I went a few months ago. Yeah. Nice little spot. I it should have hit spot. you up for popcorn. I love the popcorn. At the Aurora? Aurora? Yeah, yes. you know, the My Aurora buddy Lynn Theater. Kinsella owns it. The Aurora Theater has a little, uh, uh, what do you call it, cameo at the end of my film. Oh. Uh, I didn't ask Lynn if I could do that because it was outside. But yeah, the Aurora <laughs> Theater is actually in my oh, film. All the more there will be some to watch people it. in East Aurora that are fond of that, but sorry. The popcorn there is great. She brought some by oh, last time best. when when she was on with Michael. Mm-hmm. Uh, brought some popcorn by, and uh, yes, if they ever want to drop off more popcorn, I am all for it. This Make is sure it's hard- a Sunday morning between ten and noon, though. Yes, yes. of course. <laughs> this is Hardline on News Radio nine thirty WBen. Joe Beamer, Brenda Alacy, Michael Caputo with you this morning. Let's jump right back into the calls, unless you guys object. Let's do it. All right. We will go over to Clarence and talk to Joe. Joe, good morning. Yeah, good morning. I, I don't catch the show that often, but... Oh, well, I'm sorry to hear that. I caught uh, Mr. Caputo on, and he was talking about his buddy Paul Manafort when he was being looked at and, uh, and uh, going to be uh, on trial. Oh, Paul was such a great guy. He's clean. You're not going to have a problem. Paul, Paul was just a wonderful guy. He's a straight-laced guy. Is there a question, Joe? He's sitting, yeah, he's sitting in jail right now. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, you know, Mr. Caputo here, he's, he's, and he's backing a guy, you know, a president who lies about everything from crowd size to the latest head injuries on our boys. You know, I mean, and so, you know, we, we act like, ah, oh, yeah, this is Mr. Caputo, wonderful guy here. You know, he's just another hat that gets on the radio. All right, Joe, if you ha- don't have a question. Well, uh... I, I, I think I know Joe. Oh. Uh, I, I don't really care what he thinks. Uh, and also, it's Caputo, Joe. Pronounce my name right. Get it right, because I live in your head rent-free. 803-0930. Let's go to Darcy. Darcy, good morning. Hi, I I, um, I couldn't disagree with the last caller more. I can't get enough of you guys, and I love when Michael is on, and you really are the Forrest Gump. I, <laughs> it is true. <laughs> it's true. So are you afraid? Because I would be if I, I mean, just I've never been to this, you know, over in that part of the world, but it seems like the, they don't fool around. And like you were saying, they have the highest per capita um, hit men in different, you know, um, well, I'll tell you, my book opens with uh, how my wife and I met. Uh, I went, was in Ukraine running a congressional race, and my wife was my interpreter. And uh, the, uh, not to kill the story, but it's the first couple pages of the book. Um, the campaign manager that we both worked for, I would go dine with him and drink, and we had a great time. He was a good man. And Marino would translate between us because he didn't speak English. Uh, after the election was over, we won. We weren't supposed to. And he got shot down on the street five rounds from a Kalashnikov in his chest right in front of his children. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's perilous over there. It really is. But I can tell you that my wife and I received 59 death threats here. And my wife received in the mail a piece of a sniper rifle. Uh, I've, I've had death threats from, from, from Buffalonians. So everywhere I go, I'm carrying... Uh, and I went and got my my pistol permit during the whole Russia hoax. It is perilous everywhere now. Um, I feel a little bit more uh, uneasy when I'm in places like Ukraine, but let's face it, uh, what went down in Ukraine, the murders on the Maidan in 2014, it's my feeling uh, that same kind of peril is on its way to the United States, and I think we will see it in 2020. 
Yeah. Like, sorry, Darcy, did you have another question? Uh, no, thank you very much. Thanks, Darcy, Darcy, thank you for the call. Michael, I want to ask you about that uh, because Brenda and I seemingly bring this up every week, uh, and I did a show about it a few weeks ago. The, the, the separation in, in the country, right? The Republican-Democrat, just the divide. Do you see it getting any better, or is this going to continue to get worse and worse? I, I uh, this, listen. During the entire Russia investigations, I was seeking guidance from my priest, um, and uh, the only reason we got through as a family is because of the strength of my wife and and the strength of our faith. Uh, and my priest, who I will not, t- I won't name him because he hates when I say his name on the radio. Um, uh, he he they they don't understand we people don't understand the balkanization of the united states but the fact of the matter is um uh, my priest told me and others in the church have told me that because i went through what we went through our family went through what we went through we may have a responsibility to help heal um and i sleep on that hmm. i pray on that and frankly uh, i think that the the peril is of of a failed democratic state of the United States. I mean, the the corruption, the the political uh, balkanization, all these things. That's that's something that all of us need to be really worried about. Uh, my wife and I are are exhausted. Um, we are so tired uh, because of what we went through. Um, believe me, writing this book and making this film were were a, we did it with with great consternation. Um, do I have a responsibility to say, look, you know, most of my friends are deadheads. Deadheads aren't Republicans. You know, most of my friends are liberals. I've lost a lot of them. Uh, but I had uh, 15 people, 20 people in my house last night watching the premiere of my film. My nephew is here uh, with his wife from Chicago. She is a Trump hater. And she sat there boiling during the whole film because it's a it's a polemic, right? Afterward, she said, Michael, I didn't speak up because I love you. Um, uh, not in so many words. But she didn't speak up because she respects me and I'm her new, bro- her new uncle. We need that respect. What's missing here is respect. It's mutual respect. Like, for example, we talk about Brian Higgins, for example. I like Brian Higgins. I don't agree with him. But Brian Higgins, to me, is a good person. You know, Carl Palladino and I disagreed on that some time ago. Now they're kind of like a little bit not friendlier. Brian Higgins to me is, I don't look at him beyond his votes in Congress as anything more than a neighbor. And I think we need to look at each other as neighbors. Michael, I will agree with that. Brian Higgins and I, like you said, we don't have the same political belief. I have a lot of disagreements with how he's handled uh, the impeachment in Congress. But he is one of the nicest guys. I think he's one of the most sincere guys in politics. And he uh, is very transparent. He will talk to anyone. You don't get that a lot with politicians in 2020. But Brian Higgins is always speaking to his constituents, be it here on the radio, on the local news. He is always easy to get a hold of. And I do respect him. I've known Brian Higgins for more than 30 years, Michael, as I was mentioning to you off air. And Joe knows this, that uh, Higgins and I worked together back in the Common Council in the mid 80s. And I think no matter what your political bent is, I think it's fair to say that he does care for his constituency. And he tries his best to make sure that those people are protected and has a love of Buffalo 
at the forefront of what he does. And right. I do give him credit for the waterfront, a lot of credit for that. And the the, uh, the money that he was able to get from the power situation. Mm-hmm. You know, there are a lot of good things, no matter what side of the aisle you're on. I wanted to ask you, though, about... But, when- you know, he's in the middle of New York 27. Yes, he you know, is. Brian Higgins... Yes, we, he is. You, you, if you talk about Brian Higgins, understand that New York 27 is about Brian Higgins in New York 26. Because That's what it's about. Then it's going to come out more and more, I think. Yeah. Don't I you? Mean, the reason why Nate McMurray is running in a, in a district he doesn't live in for a second time, and he has not yet moved there in a district where he has zero chance of winning a general election, is because he needs the to be on the radar and the media and, and his name ID to increase because next time around, he's running for New York 26. Brian Higgins, if he doesn't retire, he's going to primary him. If he does retire, Mark Polonkars wants that seat. Mark Polonkars better watch his back because Nate McMurray's got him in his sights. Daryl from Medina will be up next. In the meantime, we'll take a, another break and come back with Michael Caputo right after this. Welcome back. One last segment. Here on Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN, Joe Beamer, Brenda Alacy, and Michael Caputo. What a trio, huh? Michael, I, I did want to ask you about what uh, one of the earlier callers alluded to, which was the troops who were diagnosed with brain injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, and President Trump dismissed them as headaches, and people thought he was truly downplaying it. Do you think that was fair? I believe when the first results. Uh, you know, the first word out of the locations where the Iranians had sent missiles uh, came out that there were no casualties and there were minor injuries. We didn't know that they were uh, traumatic brain injuries. Now, if anybody who understands TBI understands that it can be done, you could have, uh, you could get it from a concussion, uh, grenade, you know, concussion grenades give traumatic brain injuries. You know, uh, a large explosion of a missile that doesn't kill you or hit you can cause TBI. And it's a long, drawn-out process for recovery. Uh, the president didn't know, no one in the White House knew, or even in the Pentagon, that there was TBIs involved. It takes some time to diagnose these. With the diagnoses back, it's the president's inclination to downplay things. Perhaps, uh, uh, he I don't know if he knew when he called them headaches. Um, I don't think, the VFW is demanding the president uh, apologize. Um, I'm, I, I'm a veteran. Uh, I spend a lot of my time with my father, also a veteran at the American Legion. I've worked with the VFW on trying to repatriate the remains of the American uh, soldier, uh, the American Navy sailors of the Intrepid buried in a mass grave outside of Tripoli. I, I like the VFW, but demanding an apology from the commander-in-chief is not something a veteran does. Uh, they need to find their place and get back to it. Let's go back to the phone lines over to Pendleton. Talk to Kevin. Kevin, good morning. Hey, good morning, Brenda. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Brenda. Just going to... Um how are you guys doing? Hey, hey, Michael, when they make the Michael Caputo movie, <laughs> just the right person to play you, George Costanza, you know, which is yeah. from Seinfeld, but he has to <laughs> don't a bit, though. <laughs> <laughs> hey, by the way, I'm, I, I'm, on a, I'm on a weight loss program now, so there's, you know, I'm going to lose about half of Mike Caputo, split it into two people. He's <laughs> <Cool>. and- <laughs> just now, I'm being more serious now, coming back to NY27. Mm-hmm. We know that this campaign is going to be about integrity and transparency. And here's my concern, the word on the ground out here, Michael, in the 27, which you know I'm in like you, is this. Uh, some of the campaigns, Chris Grant, you know who he is, mm-hmm. right? But which campaign, and you can specify which campaign he is a consultant or campaign manager for. And 
Chris Grant was also one of the individuals identified by the FBI as selling his innate shares when he got the word from, from Collins. Mm-hmm. What I think he's going to be a liability and not an asset for any candidate in New York 27 who carries Chris Grant right mm-hmm. now. What is your opinion about that? And I'll listen off here. Sure. Uh, two things. Number one, uh, as someone who was uh, implicated by the FBI, uh, full of liars, cheats, and thieves, uh, I can tell you that don't believe everything you hear from what was once the best and most important law enforcement agency in the, in the world. Uh, secondly, I know that Chris Grant is friends with every single candidate, maybe save Beth Parlato. I think he knows her and respects her. Uh, I, Chris Grant is an, uh, a consultant all over the country, has races all over the country. He's a, a national class consultant now. I don't believe Chris has any interest in joining any of these campaigns in the end. Um, but and he he studiously avoided them because he's friends with Mahilu, he's friends with Ord, he's friends with Jacobs, and and that I'm I'm in that situation too. In that situation, your best bet is to keep out. Let's go back to the phones. Let's go to our friend in Medina. It's Daryl. Daryl, good morning. Good morning, Joe. I gotta I hope I can get it all in. <laughs> we got the census coming up, and are we gonna lose representation? In New York 27 and and so on. If any, if, if you know, I'm not knowing how how bad off we are with our uh, population. Uh, we're going to lose one, maybe two seats in uh, congressional seats in this state after the census is taken and in, in the 2012 kind of cycle. I expect New York 27 to be dramatically impacted by that. Uh, that's one reason some of the chairs thought that Chris Jacobs. Uh, might be a better candidate because it's going to get more blue. It'll still be red, probably purple. Uh, and Chris, they think, as someone who appeals to uh, both sides of the aisle as a community leader, might be someone who can bring people together in a purple district. Nobody knows what's going to happen, but I expect to lose one at least, maybe two, and Western New York will be dramatically impacted. Daryl, thank you for the call. Now, Michael, tonight, if you missed it last night, the uh, Ukraine hoax mm-hmm. on OAN, 10 p.m., and then again next weekend. Yeah, 10 p.m. Saturday, Sunday. If you don't get OAN because it's an up-and-coming network, but a lot of the cable systems don't have it, uh, you can go to theukrainehoax.com. Uh, you can buy my book or the film, or you can buy the book and the film uh, for a special uh, price. Uh, my publisher, Bombardier Books, will have it out in uh, the uh, uh, in, on Amazon on the 1st of March, but the film is available at theukrainehoax.com. And if they include a comment that they are a WBEN listener, they That's can right. get that autograph for free. That's right. If you There's a special package of the book and the film in a digital download or a DVD. If you mention in the comments that you're a WBEN listener, I'll make sure I uh, uh, sign it and devote it to you. Michael, about uh, 90 seconds left, and we'd be remiss if we didn't go to the Volkswagen mm-hmm. of Orchard Park text board with this question. What is Michael's opinion of the information Rudy Giuliani says he has, and do you feel Rudy is taking steps for his safety? Rudy Giuliani put uh, mafia members, real honest-to-God killers, away when he was U.S. attorney in the Southern District. Uh, I trust Rudy Giuliani is keeping his safety in mind. In fact, he has a whole enti- uh, entire consulting firm about security, and he works internationally advising people how to stay secure.
I'm sure he's secure. Number two, what do I think of his information? What is Michael's opinion of the information? I think Rudy Giuliani is swinging for the fences. I think a lot of his information is true. He shoot, he's trying to prove that, that Joe Biden has taken millions personally. Maybe he will prove that. But I think the real and fundamental crime is Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, and his friend, dear friend, Devin Archer, very close to the Kerry family, lobbied illegally. Joe Biden and, and Secretary of State Kerry, they have committed uh, 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 felonies, and they're going to prison. And that's why we have impeachment, not just to, to, to protect Joe, but to keep Hunter Biden out of prison. All right. Make sure you go out, you pre-order Michael's book, which is on shelves March 1st. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not going to put in that I'm a WBEN listener, Michael. I'll just find you. I'll recognize your name. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll recognize good. your name. That's good. Uh, Michael, thank you so much thank for you. joining us for two hours. I'm sure we'll have you on Hardline again very soon, but appreciate you on. By the way, Brenda and I are taking a week off. We will not be here. There's a pretty big game I've heard about Sunday. that. So we're going to take the day off. I'm doing a 5K in Middleport, the uh, Mr. Ed Super Bowl warm-up. So that's where I will be next Sunday. The following Sunday, two weeks from today, we will have Nate McMurray in the 10 o'clock hour, full hour in studio, followed by Chris Jacobs, full hour in studio at 11. So taking that bye week, but coming back pretty strong February They're going to be in the station at the same time at some point. They're going to they overlap. Paths. Yeah. Are you bringing like referees? Well, I, I was hoping they'd bring coffee and popcorn. <laughs> now, here's the thing. I mentioned to both of them that the other will be in studio one before, one after. So they know they'll cross paths. Maybe we might get them in studio together Look for a few minutes. Make sure you ask Nate about really actually running against uh, Brian Higgins. Make oh, sure you ask him because he's at this is Nate McMurray's run in 27 is about running in 26 in two years. Can't wait to see it all happen. Michael, what a pleasure to have you in studio. Best of luck and congrats on the book and movie. Thank you very much. Thank thanks you. for having me. And thanks everyone for listening. And again, Brenda and I taking next week off, but looking forward to February 9th. We'll see you then here on News Radio 930 WBN. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.